Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by teaching pastor Tammy Melchine as we conclude the series, Genetically Generous. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Most of us have taken a personality profile at one time or another. And I'm not talking about those BuzzFeed quizzes that tell you which Disney character is your soulmate or what type of bagel matches your vibe although those are pretty important things to know. No, I'm talking about the Myers-Briggs or the DISC profile or Strengths Finder. These tools give us insights into our personalities, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. These profiles also give us information about our weaknesses, often referred to as the shadow side or, or dark side of our personality. This shadow side is the aspect of your personality that you often can't see or perhaps don't want to acknowledge. It's usually the reverse of one of your strengths. For example, if you like to start new things, you might have a hard time sticking with those things. Or if you're a good critical thinker, you might come off as a naysayer when working on a group project. Of course, you always have the option of just giving in to the shadow side of your personality. It can be tempting, but ultimately the shadow side will work against you. It will perpetuate unhelpful patterns and disrupt your life. Ultimately, if not confronted, it will keep you from growing. Today, we're concluding our genetically generous series. All throughout this series, we've learned that we are wired for generosity because we're made in the image of a generous God. Here's a recap of where we've been. Everyone is born with the inclination to give. Generosity is in our DNA, but the key to a life of generosity lies in our motivations. And what might motivate you to give generously may be different than what motivates me. The six distinct generosity profiles can help us better understand our motivation to give. Cause movers are motivated by making a difference. They are the first to step up and be generous when a tangible need arises. Relational and responsive, Cause movers like seeing how their giving makes an immediate and observable difference. Budget keepers are motivated by being wise. Created with a high sense of responsibility, budget keepers manage money wisely and actually enjoy budgeting and planning. They approach giving carefully and strategically. Faith stretchers are motivated by spiritual growth. They see generosity as part of their faith journey and stretch to give because they believe God will reward their faithfulness by transforming their lives. Discipline doers are motivated by joyful obedience. The commands in scripture are life-giving to discipline doers. They give because God commands it in his word. The more consistently discipline doers follow biblical principles, the more aligned they feel with God's ideals for their life. Community growers are motivated by being part of a community. They believe the mission requires everyone to pull together and do their part in a variety of ways. To a community grower, giving of one's time and talents is just as important as giving financially. Legacy builders are motivated by leaving a legacy. When an organization or cause captures their heart, legacy builders are all in. They will make an investment both now and in long-term planning with the goal of leaving a mark on the world that is bigger than themselves. We are all wired for generosity because we are made in the image of a generous God. Understanding our distinct motivation can help us grow in generosity so that ultimately, together, 
we can help more and more people find their way back to our generous God. Every one of these profiles is good and describes a positive motivation for being generous. But just like personality profiles, each profile also has a shadow side. Today, we're going to talk about these shadow sides and how to challenge ourselves to grow beyond them. But first, let's see how the Apostle Paul confronted the shadow side of a group of Christ followers in the city of Corinth. Paul writes to the Corinthian church and he praises them for the ways they excel in speech and knowledge and earnestness and love. He sees so many positive traits in these Corinthian Christians, and yet he also sees a shadow side. These Corinthian Christians aren't being generous. You see, this wasn't the first time Paul wrote to this church. In his first letter, he gave the Corinthians specific instructions on collecting an offering for the poor in Jerusalem, but they hadn't done it. So now, Paul is writing to confront the shadow side of their discipleship. And he does so by comparing them to another church, the Macedonian church. It's kind of like when you were a kid and you did something wrong and your mom or dad says, why can't you be more like your brother? No one wants to hear that, right? But Paul knows that the Corinthians and Macedonians are kind of like siblings, and he's looking for a way to motivate the Corinthians. He writes, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. You have to understand these Macedonian Christ followers, they weren't known for their wealth. They didn't have stable jobs, full 401ks and big homes. In fact, Paul describes their situation as one of extreme poverty. No one would have blamed the Macedonians if they had been hesitant to give, yet their lives were characterized by rich generosity. What made the difference between the Corinthian church and the Macedonian church? They had two different mindsets. Scholar Guy Nave characterizes the Corinthian church as viewing generosity as charity, while the Macedonian church saw generosity as ministry. Dr. Nave writes, this idea of ministry is important because ministry is an ongoing way of living, not a one-time event. This ministry of giving is an act of solidarity, not an act of charity. Through the ministry of giving, we enter into solidarity with those in need. We acknowledge that those in need are our brothers and sisters and that we join with them in the effort to overcome their need. When we view generosity as charity, we'll see it simply as an act of kindness coming from the goodness of our own hearts. And if we're moved, we give. If not, we look the other way. However, when we view generosity as ministry, we recognize that we are joining God in His divine purposes in the world through our giving. 
we begin to understand that generosity is an opportunity to partner with God in bringing more of his kingdom to earth. We come to realize what a privilege it is to give. The Macedonians recognized this privilege. Despite the little they had, they, they begged for the opportunity to give. In fact, they gave so generously that Paul says they gave beyond their ability. How is that possible? It is possible because of the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. This grace was the ability to give beyond themselves, beyond their means, beyond anything that seemed to make sense. Grace isn't something earned. It's something given. God gave the Macedonians the grace to give. And here's the thing about grace. It's not just for a special few. We can all experience this grace. As Paul writes to the Corinthians, he commends them for all the things they excel in, but he also challenges them to grow in one thing they lack, this grace of giving. Paul is urging the Corinthians to ask God for the grace to grow in generosity. He sees this grace at work in the Macedonians, and he wants the Corinthians to experience it too. And wouldn't you like to experience it yourself? Growing in generosity, it's possible for everyone. What if we too asked God for the grace to confront the shadow side of our generosity profile so that we too can excel in the grace of giving. If you remember, to develop these generosity profiles, we worked with a community attender who is one of the elders on our leadership commission and has extensive business experience. He spearheaded a research survey that helped us not only discover the motivations that define each profile, but also some tendencies, meaning typical areas of strength and common areas of challenge, or as we've been calling them, our shadow side. In our generosity research, we looked at three areas, financial, how generous we are giving back to God, serving, how generous we are contributing our time in and outside of the church, and relational, how generous we are giving ourselves relationally through the blessed practices to people who need to find their way back to God. Now, of course, these are tendencies so they may not fit every person in a profile perfectly. In fact, you may identify more with the shadow side in one of the other profile types. As I quickly walk through the profiles, I encourage you to take out your phone, start a new note or an email to yourself. And if you resonate with the shadow side, write it down, as well as the scripture verse I'm going to give you to combat it. Let's identify the challenges that can stunt our growth in generosity so that we can begin to grow beyond them. Let's start with faith stretchers. Faith stretchers are motivated by spiritual growth. They see generosity as part of their faith journey. In our research, compared to the other profile types, faith stretchers were among the top in giving themselves relationally to others as they live out the blessed practices. They were average in financial generosity, but where they really tended to struggle was in giving of their time and serving. Face stretchers, your willingness to stretch yourself relationally and financially is awesome. Continue in that. We need people like you challenging us to take risks. But it seems your shadow side might relate to busyness. 
Perhaps you've packed your life with so many activities that you find it difficult to commit yourself to serve. What could you say no to in order to create space to serve and grow in generosity with your time? Here's a word of encouragement from 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Next, let's talk about budget keepers. Budget keepers are motivated by being wise. They have a high sense of responsibility. They manage money wisely and actually enjoy budgeting and planning. In our research, budget keepers tended to be average in financial and relational giving, but were among the most generous in serving. Budget keepers tend to be very generous with their time. Budget keepers, one of the unique things we discovered is that you are genuinely comfortable about money, talking about money. The, the church community needs you to leverage your ease at talking about money to encourage others. But here's the caution. The budget keeper's shadow side is risk averse. Because you are so responsible with your budget, sometimes God only gets what's left, what you feel like you can spare. For budget keepers to excel in the grace of giving, you may need to challenge yourself to give back to God first before all other needs and expenses. This will grow your trust in God and honor Him with the first fruits of all you have. In fact, your scripture encouragement is Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Let's turn next to community growers. You are motivated by being part of a community. You believe that the mission requires everyone to pull together and do their part in a variety of ways. In fact, the research reflects that belief. You are among the leaders in serving and by far the highest in relational impact. You live out the blessed practices and are personally involved in helping people find their way back to God. Community growers, we need you to continue to lead the way in modeling holistic generosity to our community. But here's a name for your shadow side, frustration. Because you have a holistic view of generosity, you tend to get frustrated when conversations about generosity focus on financial generosity. But remember, conversations about financial generosity are necessary to break the powerful stronghold that money has in our lives. In fact, Jesus talked about money and wealth often. You long to see the whole community grow and these conversations are critical to that growth. Here's a verse that can help you remember why growing in financial generosity is important. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Next, let's look at disciplined doers. If you're a disciplined doer, you are motivated by joyful obedience. You find joy in being obedient to God's commands. And here's what the research revealed about disciplined doers. You prioritize financial generosity, probably because you see the commands in scripture about money as pretty black and white. Where you tend to struggle is relational generosity. 
in giving yourself relationally to people who need to find their way back to God. If you're a disciplined doer, we need you to continue to lead the way in committed financial generosity. Others need to be challenged by your obedience, so don't be afraid to share ways God is growing and challenging you in this area. To describe the disciplined doer's shadow side, let's use the word isolated. Disciplined doers can become so isolated inside a, a comfortable Christian world that they don't interact with those who are far from God. For disciplined doers to grow, they may need to stretch themselves relationally to help people find their way back to God, and the blessed practices can be a tremendous help in this. Here's a scripture encouragement to remind us that God calls us not to just give of our resources, but of ourselves. It's from 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20. God has trusted us with the message that people may be brought back to Him. So we are God's official messengers. It is as if God were, were making His appeal through us. Here is what Christ wants us to beg you to do. Come back to God. Because they've been waiting so patiently, let's talk about cause movers. Remember, cause movers are motivated by making a difference. If you're a cause mover, you are drawn to specific causes in the here and now. Compared to the other profile types, cause movers were right in line with the averages in all three areas. Cause movers, you have made some progress in all three areas of generosity. But here's the caution. The cause mover's shadow side is control. Because cause movers are drawn to make a difference, they can hold back their generosity if they can't directly control the effects of their giving. To excel in the grace of giving, cause movers may need to challenge themselves to trust God and give, even when they can't always directly see the impact. One of the best challenges for cause movers is to commit to tithe, to give 10% of their income back to God on a consistent basis. When we tithe, we release control of our financial generosity to God. We trust Him to direct our giving to further His mission. Tithing is something all of us are called to do, but it might be the key next step for cause movers. So the scripture encouragement for cause movers comes from Malachi 3.10. In this verse, God says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. All right, we haven't forgotten you, legacy builders. You are visionaries who look beyond today to your dreams for the future. You are motivated to leave a legacy. In our research, legacy builders are leading the way and serving the community. When an organization or cause grabs your heart, you are all in with your time. Where you tend to struggle most is financial generosity. In fact, legacy builders express the greatest amount of stress and anxiety about money, which likely holds you back from giving. And that's why we're naming your shadow side worry. And this worry doesn't always correlate with financial challenges. Legacy builders as a whole had the highest incomes of any profile type. Legacy builders, your visionary skills and passion to live for a greater purpose can help all of us rise above the here and now of daily living. 
I'd encourage you to ask God to show you how these strengths can be leveraged for the greatest purpose you could ever live for, the mission of Jesus. And for you personally, allow yourself to be challenged by the teachings of Jesus so that you can be joyful about what God has entrusted to you and find freedom in your finances. Committing to a tithe or even beyond a tithe could be a good next step for you. A great scripture verse to combat financial worry is found in Matthew 6, 33, where Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Phew, we made it through all six profiles. If you're near someone, give them a high five or just high five yourself. Did all of you find a shadow side you struggle with? Sometimes we struggle with all six, but hopefully you learn something interesting about yourself because all of us have the opportunity to excel in the grace of giving by being generous with our resources, our time, and our very lives. God will give us this grace as we step out and trust Him. Ultimately, when we think of the challenge to grow in generosity, we need to remember the model of Jesus. No matter how we are wired, there is one overarching motivation to be generous, to give back to the God who gave everything to us. Back in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul writes, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Did you catch that? Jesus gave up his rights for you. He gave up the riches of heaven for the poverty of being born to an unwed mother in a backwater province of Palestine under an oppressive government. For our sake, Jesus became poor. He gave it all up so that we could know the richness of being part of his family. Together, we can become a community defined by generosity. Together, we can become modern-day Macedonians. Together, we can become true reflections of our generous God. So let's ask God to give us the grace to excel in giving. Let's spur one another on to grow. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you'd like to take a next step, head to communitychristian.info. If you'd like prayer, please text the word prayer to 331-226-1686 and a member of our prayer team will reach out to you. To give financially to community, head to givenow.cc. Thanks for listening to the Community Online Podcast.